How you liking this? I like. I'm liking the Zuby. I'm feeling more connected to nature. Um, you know, I, I really feel like I'm a mountain child now. I, I put the those um, all who wander are not lost sticker on the back already. Um, you know, I got <laughs> a mountain picture. Yeah, coexist. You're at Whole Foods. Exactly. Like I went to Sprouts yesterday, and there's no Sprouts in Laramie, so I don't know how I ended up there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been no, there. Yeah. Exactly. No, you know, you know, the one is I actually did Trader Joe's for the first time in my life, uh, not too long ago. Oh, nice. Do you have a yeah. TJ's in Laramie? No, we don't. Um, I had. We were down in New Mexico for a little vacation. Oh vacay. yeah. Yeah, the little house. It was very nice. Um, yeah, I would say Meow Wolf in Santa Fe, very fun place, really beautiful scenery in the Cimarron Pass, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's very nice, but yeah, so I got to go to my first Trader Joe's, and I kind of get it now, I kind of get yeah. it. Yeah, you can have a lot of fun tra- shopping at a TJ's, especially once you, like, know what you like there, mm-hmm. like, I mean, Coconut Aminos for $3, that's usually a 7 to $8 bottle, I don't know if you've Ooh. had Coconut Aminos. I've not, I've not done that. It's like a soy sauce substitute, but it's like so good. It's okay. uh, it's very sweet, just minor salt, very and like not overly coconutty. It's like the only thing you need to put. It's a great stir fry sauce because like, okay. you know, if you're gonna go a lot of times teriyaki or you know any mm-hmm. other sauce, so yeah, a lot of times it's full of sugar, and it's hey. like you know, who doesn't love sugar? Doesn't love sugar. I lo- look, I love sugar, but I avoid it like the fucking plague. I'm not yeah. gonna lie doing i've been i've been uh not eating much of sugar except for fruit because who's not yeah fruit? yeah i had an apple just before this podcast nice you seem energized about it i it was good it was good i've been doing uh, intermittent fasting you familiar yes i am yeah. familiar i've been grinding on that for like two weeks hey good for you i just found that i've been on a low carb kind of deal for myself yeah it's got to be a low carb life for me. I just, you know, I don't. I got that like poor farming uh, metabolism where if mm-hmm. I eat something, my body's like, hold on to that. Winter's ahead. Yeah, well, we're getting ready for the big race. That's all we're doing. We're getting ready for the big race. Big I've race been waiting years up. for it, but uh, yeah. hey, it's coming <laughs> up. We're getting ready for the big it's race. It's coming up. Yeah. Well, but far hey, out. speaking of speaking of cooking, speaking of doing stuff, let me ask you a question. This will sure. kind of segue in. Yeah. So. We've all tried to impress someone we're attracted to. Can can confirm. Yeah. You know, cooking's a great way that people do it. You know, they make you make food. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do it. You 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 do pickup lines. If yeah. you're if you're smooth, which I'm not, so don't ask. Um, <laughs> you know, we all do a lot of things to impress other people. Maybe taking them out to Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. A little mm-hmm. a little TJ's trip. A little That's TJ's nice. trip date night. Come on, who doesn't love a little TJ's date night? Mm. I love mm. TJ's date night. You know, but I bring up dating. I bring up attracting uh-huh. someone we're kind of keen on because you know Valentine's Day is also coming up. Ooh, that's true. Right around the corner. It is, and you know we like to talk about all the wacky ways animals do things. Sure. <laughs> and in a nutshell. In a nutshell, you know, remember number one uh, comedy podcast about migration in the world, right here, right now. <clears throat> Eight billion people. Number yep. one. We're number one, and if anyone disputes it, they're wrong. I just, I, I didn't make the rules. That's just how it is. They're wrong. But yeah, uh, we figured today we will let's migrate talk. your body to a cemetery if you uh, speak out against us. He's not lying. He's not lying. I'm an honest man. Yeah, he ain't no tiger. He ain't lion. Ayo. Ayo. 
Um, but today we figured we talk a little bit about weird and fun mating rituals for a pretty good handful of animals because there's just so much weird stuff that animals do to get with someone they're keen on yeah but when you think about it like texting is weirder being a Uh, human is way weirder well that's what i'm saying like at this point you know if you pick up on some tips and tricks here from our animal friends you know bring that natural influence into your life you might just find that special someone for this valentine's day Right, you could be like, um, I don't know, a uh, bighorn sheep, and um, you could piss on yourself and invite men to come sniff you to um, smell your pheromones and see if you're a good mate, which is generally what I do when I'm up in the club, and it's been working so far. Yeah, hey, let's elaborate. So bighorn sheep. (laughs) I want to be clear, this is not in my top five. This is just for witnessing it. Oh, okay. You've witnessed but this. You've seen them do I this. I witnessed this. Yeah, Ooh, actually, I have a lot of footage this. that I've been uh, working on to uh, display these mating habits. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's not unique to Bighorn sheep. I know, uh, I mean, I think uh, elk and deer and uh, giraffes, a lot mm-hmm. of ungulates do this, where uh, the females urinate on themselves And uh, the males come up and sniff that urine to smell the different pheromones to figure out if she's ripe for mating. Fellas, go sniff some pee. (laughs) Women get so upset when I uh, suggest that. Hey, you know what? That's on them. That's their problem. We are so detached from nature with our our, uh, cell phones and our computers and our... uh, Nintendo's yeah. playing our Pokemon. Hey, the Pokemans! What? What? God didn't make the Pokemans real. Why are we playing them? Why? why <laughs> God, why are we playing them? They're not real. Uh, we did have a kid on our block that had that problem. His parents would said, "Nope, no Pokemon," because God That's said so depressing. Because if God wanted those creatures to exist, He would have made them. <laughs> that makes no sense. Oh, <laughs> hey, kid, don't have an imagination. <laughs> if you're not thinking about Jesus Christ, then what are you thinking about? Nothing. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? It's a slippery slope. Yeah. You start having thoughts, imagination, fun. That's, that, that's not it. No, that's not it, Chief. You're thinking a little, a little box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope that kid's doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But, so what are some of your top, what, what, what's one of your top five? Let's do a little right, back well, and forth. I think that yeah, was Yeah, let's do it. I think that's a great, like a game of ping pong. Exactly. So, I, um, I wanted to start off with the hooded seal. Ooh. Tell me about it. So... Um, I would definitely recommend looking looking some of this up, but uh, the the interesting thing about them is they have an inflatable nose that they okay. develop, and um, that kind of determines their legitimacy as a mate and the, how much dominance they would have as a as a mate. So females, right? They they birth a pup, mm-hmm. and they they feed the pup breast milk for four days before it goes out and starts feeding for um for fish and whatnot mm-hmm. um and they only have one day a year where they mate only um, one day one day okay so these males are very anxious to uh get some and sometimes they you know they'll try and mate before um but the way they do this and their whole thing is is like you know they have their left nostril just this huge inflatable like balloon and then it can like it there's two kind of like there's two parts to it like sometimes they'll just inflate their nose okay 
and then other times it'll kind of like the fleshy part comes out and it's all big and red and kind of um disturbing yeah um and so they'll a use that as a way to deter other males like hey i've got the bigger inflatable nostril bro you gotta go on and uh kick rocks okay so it's more like uh-huh. an intimidation thing than like look it's how like intimid- attractive my nose is. And then I then then that also suggests to the female that they're the strongest male, so they're um, the most worthwhile mate. Okay. Um. Uh, generally, if that you know the male might try and mate with that female early, just because he's you know swooning and. Okay. Uh, and that generally will result with a little nip on the tail and uh, a retreat from the male Mm. so pretty pretty interesting stuff there's a great uh bbc video on it uh from planet earth 2 that is definitely worth uh checking out and refreshing your memory if uh, you've seen it before yeah let's have david attenborough tell you all about these seals his sweet soothing voice Yeah. yeah exactly Boots, you wanna, you wanna yeah, well, me on that? Let's go with the, let's keep let's keep on the idea of ballooning animals. How about that? I'd like that. I'd like because that a lot. I like that the fact that there are multiple just species, not even mammals, like just across all animals, they do this weird yeah. ballooning idea. <laughs> um, for me, I pick one of my tops is the sage grouse. Sure. Uh, real real legend of the West. Uh, sure. So there is every spring, early in the spring, mm-hmm. um, the they sage grouse. You know they live in these sagebrush steps, a lot of bushes, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of cover, right? Until mm-hmm. this until this time of year, and that's when we start strutting our stuff mm-hmm. with the sage grouse. So they come into these open fields, um, and they start something called lecking, or they do their sage grouse lecks. Mm-hmm. Um, sage grouse, you know, little like chicken, like bird, quail, like bird kind of deal. But the male, he, he comes out and they, there's a lot of them and it's basically just a little dance competition, um, Mm -hmm. to see who's the best and who the females will be attracted to. Sure. Um, in order to do that though, in order to have this great dance off, they don't just, you know, bust a move on the dance floor. They don't just, you know, pop, drop, pop it, lock it kind of deal. Sure. Instead, what they do is they have these air sacs in their chest, um, that they just inflate to just really, really big levels. These and then they just get these yellow, basically, um, air sacs coming out of their chest, and they yeah. puff up real big, and then they flap their wings very fast and like kind of squeeze in the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Makes a real big popping noise, um, and then they just they just walk around doing that until hopefully they can find a mate. Wow. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. Yeah, it's really fascinating, and one of the cool things about sage-grouse leks, um, you know, these happen in areas, especially if you live in, like, a sagebrush place, so Montana, Nebraska, Wyoming, Colorado, Kansas kind of mm-hmm. areas, um, you know, for all our listeners in these areas, I would reach out to your uh, local Audubon Society or any sort of bird conservancy around. Um, they, a lot of times, a lot of people like to show them off. Um, these are kind nice. of like a big viewed event. They're kind of fun. Um, but the noise they make for the greater sage-grouse lex is just incredible. Because you would never think that a bird would make this noise just pop in their chest. But right. 
Yep. So whoever's the most does the most impressive, whoever's the most attractive to the females, they'll come, they'll grab them, they'll take them away, um, and basically you don't want to be last one picked off the line, kind of deal. Because oh, otherwise, I mean, getting probably... anxiety just thinking about it. Yeah, and one of the other things is sage grouse because sage brush steps are kind of the um, people don't tend to see them as valuable unless you're kind of in the mm. know, which you know we're in the know, but a That's lot why of... we're here. Exactly, but a lot of developments get put on sagebrush steps, a lot of housing, yeah. a lot of, you know, because, you know, why this beautiful prairie full of natural occurring things, a dollar general would look so sick right there. I'm just saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just like, uh, let's, just throw, let's just throw it on Walmart. It'd be so cool right, yeah, right here. Dollar generals in Walmart, the yeah. true gems of the West. Exactly. But what happens is, and it is kind of a sad thing that does happen. Um, when the habitat is getting kind of destroyed or anything like that, um, the females will leave because, you know, they, they need to protect their kid, like the, the chicks, they need to be able to survive. So they'll kind of like skedaddle, get out of Dodge. Um, and it is an occurrence that happens not super often, thankfully, but it does happen and just be aware of your local sage grouse populations because what happens is, is that after... Um, all the females leave. The males don't really know that. Males don't stick around. They, they, you know, they have their kids and they Classic. bounce. Yeah. Classic. They, they had to go out and get cigarettes. They'll be back later. <laughs> yeah. They pull that move. But what happens is, is that they will sometimes actually go out to the lecking area that maybe hasn't been touched and just do a dance for no one. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. So, um, that is an occurrence that has been starting to happen, um, because of development on sagebrush territory. So just, yeah, it's one of those things, you know. Sometimes you do a dance, you get a girl. Sometimes you do a dance and forever wind up alone. So. Yep. Make sure you're good at dancing. <laughs> and make sure you know girls are Practice your moves, baby. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. What's, what's number two for Tom? <clears throat> All right. I want to jump over to um, the wolf. And it's kind of just a specific... Um, you know, scenario that happens with wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, generally, of course, you've got the, uh, the alphas of the pack that are going to just, you know, you have that one alpha that wants to do most of the mating. Oh, yeah. And um, another, part of that is to, you know, they determine how large the population is and they discourage every other wolf from mating so there's less mouths to feed for the whole pack. And, uh, you know, there's more food to go around. But of course, like any animal, their inst- their instinct will be to mate. Mm-hmm. So one thing that happens is you get a a lone wolf sometimes right. that's you know just wander in the prairie, one man wolf hounds or one, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and what it'll sometimes do is if there's a female that wanders off, um, it'll try he'll try and mate with that female. Mm-hmm. So think of this as kind of like a James Dean and that kind of guy. And then it's like, you know, just like this uh, Aubrey, Audrey Hepburn, like, you know, cute gal mm-hmm. who has, you know, her father's too strict. Mm-hmm. Kind of or maybe like a West Side Story scenario. Okay. Forbidden love. And, uh, you know, it's sexy. It's hot. Yeah. You know, the more the more people say no, the more you want it. <clears throat> sure. Uh, getting a little bothered just thinking about it. And um, <laughs> I should probably talk to someone about that. I mean, what, yeah. so what? I'm a, what if I'm a furry? What's the problem? Hey, 
Hey, you know what? If you are furry, come out. Shout out again, Forever West <laughs> here in Laramie. The Wyoming's right. only. Remember, Wyoming's only. Wyoming's only fur con. So if you yeah. ever need to stop by and get, you know, I hear it's actually a, a wonderful community of uh, outcasts looking for love anymore. Anymore, I like when I was younger. Of course, yeah. dog on the furries because like easy target. But anymore, I've just been like they're fine. They're not doing anything. Honestly, like how is it weird? <laughs> of all than the groups to uh, criticize, it's just what furries aren't hurting anybody. No, and they make so much money. God dang, that's always the thing to me. Really, those fursuits are well over. Thousands oh of dollars. yeah, they are pricey. So, yeah, so I was like, you know, if if they got the money, they also commission a lot of art, so they support artists. You know, I'm here. I'm here for a furry. Kind of reminds like, me of like Mardi Gras culture, you know, building the most beautiful costumes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that different. It's not that different. Um, so another thing about you know dogs and wolves and canines and whatnot is uh, when they mate, um, you know, that genitalia essentially stays attached for about half an hour. Okay. Uh, and that's just to assure fertilization. And um, so it's, you know, it's risky business for this male to now attach itself to a female for half an hour. So what can sometimes happen is that Alpha starts, hey, we're, we're missing some of the pack, goes out looking and sees James Dean, you know, humping on Audrey mm-hmm. and uh, wants to chase him off, which is a pretty painful experience for that wolf that now has to remove its penis that's attached to the female. Mm-hmm. So and uh, it's got to run off with its tail between its legs, and um, yeah, yeah, tough stuff. That's yeah, tough. I did want to attach a little uh, bonus bonus uh, animal onto this fact, and that was um, do I? How many do I have here? I think I have six. Right, one, oh, wow. two, this guy, <laughs> right, three, four. Yeah, yeah, I, wait, five. Yeah. So, um, bed bugs, real quick. I just want to. I just want to get bed bugs in here. Mm-hmm. So a little fun fact about bed bugs is uh, they only mate after feeding, okay. and the males actually stab the females with their penis, like through their bodies, to inseminate. Oh, them. okay. Do they die after the fact? Does anyone die, or are they just? I don't think they, so. They just walk they it just, off. Just oh. walk. <laughs> Off. Yeah, they're gonna be walking hey. funny for a couple of days, but hey, Al. hey, oh, thanks for letting me tell you that. Of course, uh, kind of reminds me of how bees do it. Bees are a little bit more deadly. Yeah, yeah. So what a bee, you know, you have the queen bee. Sure. Um, so you have queen bee there. She picks a mate. She's like, hey, you're a good worker. Mm-hmm. You're here. We're we're ready. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Um, so what she'll have is happen is that the, you know, the male bee will, um, do its mating process and such, but it'll stab its, um, you know, it'll stab itself into the queen bee. Right. Yes. Um, however, it doesn't come off. Mm -hmm. So she'll just be like, all right, cool. We're done. We got what we needed. And she'll start going away and just kind of ripping that off Mm -hmm. the male bee. And then the male bee will then eventually pass pass on to the next life um yeah yep so i'll say a lot of insects like stabbing i guess because that's two that's that's more than i thought um, i want to elaborate on that um mm-hmm. the male bees otherwise known as drones um so you know they'll mate with that queen but the queen will actually mate with a bunch of different drones and become inseminated by them and she's able to choose 
her favorite sperm to fertilize with. The bees are like the coolest insect. Dude, they know They're how to so, party. They know how to party. Like, they <laughs> dance just to talk to each other. Right. Love that fact. Yeah. Love bees. Who doesn't love bees? Support. We'll we'll have to talk bees soon. I just I feel like yeah. Get a beekeeper on the pod. Ooh, oh, we could gush. Gush. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Um. Okay. Well, that's you. Could you? You wanna? You wanna give me an animal? Give me a critter. Oh yeah. So let's talk about. So yeah, I like. I like. We got a lot of things that we can just like bounce off of here real quick. Yeah. Because we're gonna go from wolf, alpha wolves. They're looking. To you know, get those get those uh, James Deans out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but what if you were an octopus? I've asked myself that a lot. Yeah, I would say that would have been a better uh, metamorphosis book by Kafka if it was an octopus rather than a beetle. But hey, that's just that's just one guy's opinion. What can I say? But let's actually go into why I'm talking yeah. about octopus. So octopus, they kind of do the same thing. They'll sit there, they find you know. As they do, they they display very brilliant colors because a lot of octopus have that like ability to change colors, camouflage, mm-hmm. do all that. Mm-hmm. Well, when they're doing um, mating rituals, they like to do a lot of bright colors mm-hmm. and be distinct. They want to look, they want to stand out from the crowd. Sure, um, it's called fashion. What happens honey. is exactly. But when that happens, other males will see that, and then they'll also be like, "Hey, I want, I want a girlfriend." Sure, I, I want to do this. I'll do my own little um, displaying, right? Yeah. And they do their brilliant displays. And the female gets to pick, and it's really, it's very interesting to see because just watching animals change colors is always super fascinating. And I yeah. love um, octopus's active camouflage. Yeah. But some of these octopus, as we know, octopus are pretty dang smart. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of just trying to, you know, puff out their chest and be like, oh, I'm the bigger guy in the room, you know, just instead of having dick measuring competitions <laughs> to impress females. You know, sure. <laughs> Instead, what they do is they actually will study the pattern that the um, most potential mate is doing, um, and they'll distract the male who is probably going to mate with the female. Whoa. So they'll distract them, like you know, try to like scare them or whatever, like try to get like a rise out of them. So they'll leave the female's distance a little bit, copy the camouflage, go back, female looking mm-hmm. like the guy who she was going to date or mm-hmm. mate with. I say date as if I'm like a lot of amplifying here. Um, but he'll just take the place then. The male will just take the place of the mm-hmm. potential mate and they will actually be able to successfully pull pull it off. It's like a little Whoa. heist. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, because same kind of deal with the wolf too. Um, it takes a while takes a mm-hmm. while they're to um when they start doing it which by the way the words they like they don't have um normal like genitalia type things um the female also will fend off this male until she accepts him so it's a war of attrition to mm-hmm. even to do that then he mounts her um inserting the hectocotlius in her mantle cavity to pass Ooh, the dirty little dog. I know, right? I like a little dirty talk on the pod. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's why I thought one of the interesting things was that octopus, instead of just trying to see who can do it better with puffing out their chest, why not just copy the the guy who's doing good anyways? If yeah. they broke, don't fix yeah. it. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Seriously. 
Yeah. Yeah. What you got for me? All right. So back to birds. Mm-hmm. Flamingos have a very fun little mating habit. Again, this one is really worth looking up and seeing the visual display. Um, okay. Obviously, we, we kind of see that commonality in a lot of birds uh, where they like to dance for their mates. Um, but since flamingos kind of stick around as a flock, they do a really beautiful display of different dance moves. And it's really fascinating to watch. So, I mean, you have these huge flocks of flamingos. Also, flamingos look so weird. Like, their faces are goofy. Well, and their color... Okay, can I go a little tangent about flamingos? Please. All right, so I want everyone to the room to get ready, because here's here's a Everybody, get ready. Get ready. Flamingos aren't pink, naturally. What? Yeah. So, yeah, flamingos are not pink off the jump. Right. Yeah. It's shrimp. Yeah. They eat so much shrimp. It changes the pigment of their feathers. Well, that's great that you mentioned that because that's also part of a mating ritual. Is it and actually? The, pink, the pinker the flamingo, the better the mate because that female is going to know, oh, this guy is really good at foraging for fi- food. Yeah. So they want pink feathers and that's part of, uh, part of their mating ritual. See, I wouldn't be good at that because, like, I don't like shrimp to begin with. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big shrimp guy. Yeah, me neither. That's good. Except for yeah. deep fried. I will do deep fried shrimp. But, like... Well, I mean, deep fried anything. Deep fried, yeah. I'll, I'll say that. You can't, can't, can't talk me out of it. But, like, just like, ooh, I'm going to have wet, slimy, cold shrimp with tomato right. sauce. Ooh. ooh. Like, yeah, it's just, like, I didn't really... I didn't start on seafood for a while as a kid because, like, my, like you know, maybe some tilapia. My family was kind of into tilapia and flounder. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there was one time, God bless my mother, wonderful woman, and I get it. Kids are hard. But she told me a, like, fried flounder was a chicken cutlet, and I it was flounder, and I really took that hard. had a little trouble with trust. <laughs> I just took that personally. Um but also, you know, with overfishing and all that stuff, it's like, do I really need to push myself to like seafood? I mean, you know. And I I like fish, I like salmon, oh. but you know. Salmon's the nectar of the gods. Yeah, I'm not gonna push myself to be like, I need to eat more seafood. Yeah. I so. I try to just eat seafood a little bit. I do tuna a lot. Or sardines. Yeah. I, yeah, tuna's fun. Tuna's fine. I was say, it's canned tuna. I don't even know how much of it's real. Well, canned tuna's horrible <laughs> in the environment. I think we know that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the belly of the beast of overfishing. Mm-hmm. But I get it. And sardines. I do like sardines quite a bit. Just, just crack, oh, yeah? Crack in a can. Oh, yeah. Do you just go after it? Oh, yeah. Just put a cracker, a little hot sauce. Done deal. Oh, no. Just melts in your mouth, the oils and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not my thing, but uh, power to you. Thank you. But I, you know, there was a time when I didn't like pickles, and now I'm like, wait, you didn't like pickles? All right, wait, okay. I mean, a long time ago. I know, I know, we're off topic by a bit, but let's keep let's keep that <laughs> let's keep that train going real quick. Kosher or butter? Like Brit- kosher? Okay. Don't be disgusting. What is, oh, who eats God. a butter pickle? I, say, who, I don't know why they put those on shelves. Yeah, the sweet pickle. I mean, they're fine sometimes, but like, I just want a good. They're fine. Good like it's like, thing. oh, here's the less good option. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get it yeah, personally. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same boat here. 
For sure. Yeah, we're we're co- For sure. This podcast is actually kosher, if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, we always keep it kosher. Yeah, we keep it kosher. <laughs> All right, you got another critter for I, I me? I do got a critter for you. God, I like... I have a lot of birds on the list, so let's get what my my last non-bird off the list. Um, okay. You know, it's funny that we're talking about... Uh, we, we're talking about peeing on yourselves. Yeah. Yes, we were. But what if you just shit yourself? <laughs> we talk about that all the time at work. Like, if you shit yourself, they can't, they can't make you stay. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> but, but what if shitting yourself actually <laughs> attracted a mate? Then I would be the most popular well, man in town. if you were town. a hippo, you'd be the most popular man in town. Uh, so I've always felt that those way. Those are very interesting animals. Yeah. So they're polyamorous. You know, they don't just mate for life. Love that. Yeah, so progressive. Like, hey, you know, we're not meant for that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like yeah, we can yeah, share love. You know? I'm not. I'm exactly. not possessive. Don't matter. So yeah. Okay. So uh, bull hippos. They have a couple things they do to um, okay. in order to get a female uh, to mate with them. So one of the things they yeah. have to have a good amount of territory. As we know, hippos are very territorial, sure. very aggressive animals. Actually, yeah. like listen, really? these things are horrifying. I was like, I even remember watching yeah. Crocodile One or Hunter one time, um, and Steve Irwin mm-hmm. was around hippos, and he said, "I am going to leave because this is a little too scary for me." So, oh just, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard an account of a hippo attack, but it is painful. Yeah, so you ever see those videos where they... They can fit your whole body in the, into their yeah, mouth. You ever see them throw those yeah. watermelons inside and just crunch? That's your head. Yeah, they will crunch your bones yeah. quickly. So hippos, very aggressive yeah. animals. And they, um, you know, they like to build a territory. Um, but they're fighting mm-hmm. constantly because 10% of males, roughly, this is a rough estimate, 10% of male bulls actually have adequate territory to acquire a mate so once they get their house you know once they get their land and they go hey i got it i made it i'm in the big time the female will uh the cow as they're known will come over and through a series of fecal flinging and vocalization so singing the right songs and throwing the right amount of scat at them um the uh two hippos the bull and the cow will go under under the water and um the bull will go fully underneath the water and the female will not she'll only partially submerge and they uh you know they get a little action mm-hmm. making another little baby hippo um oh baby hippos oh are my god so like cute. just really perfect animal i wish i could just have All that right? as a pet like just keep a little baby hippo yeah. around let's do oh, little just baby beautiful pablo escobar said the same oh, yeah. thing i suppose Right, he oh, had the hippos. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't know that? I mean, we could have had him in America, Teddy Roosevelt. You ever hear that one? <laughs> right. He wanted to yeah, throw him in Louisiana yeah. and just said, eh, let's just have a hippo population. <laughs> hey, I already got gators. Let's, let's, uh, let's make this interesting. I think he wanted to do it as a food source, too. Which yeah, yeah. I think crazy. he was like, these are big, giant food like, sources. What are you telling me? It's a cow. It's beef. I'm like, no, it's a cow hippo. He's like, same thing. Don't really fucking care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, now, and there's still hippos in mm-hmm. Colombia. Yeah, and they're That's just crazy. you know they're just kind of shitting on each other and mating. Because for some reason it's it the is dream. the pheromone thing, like we said. Um, the difference here is that both animals will do it. 
um, in order for them to understand if they are a correct match for each other instead of just one one of the um, animals doing it so the other one can smell them. They're both they're both getting in on the action, doing a little fecal flinging. Yeah, a little fecal flinging. Yeah, love it. Because I think they even do with their little tail. Because you know we've all seen a little hippo tail. It's this little thing, and they just you know yeah. it's just like a fucking everywhere. We really need you to have the visual here. Yeah. 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 The best we can do is sound effects. Yeah, so just but... close your eyes. Eyes are closed. All right. This is like grade one podcasting. We are doing so good. Yeah. You also get ASMR. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Where else are you going to listen to a wow. guy pretend he's a hippo blowing raspberries? Except for the number one comedy migration podcast <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Number one, eight billion people, and we're on top. Yes. <laughs> All right. What's what, what you got? Um, okay. The next one is, um, I think it's like a well-known fact, but there's there was one, there's two parts of this that I found really fascinating that I don't think people know about. Um, there's a co- pretty common trait in the insect and arachnid world mm-hmm. where um, the female will basically eat their mate. Yeah. I think we all know mm-hmm. that. Um, but so I wanted to focus on the praying mantis because I think there's some interesting details about their mating habits. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think everybody kind of knows that a female eats the male praying mantis. But I think the timing of it is really interesting. Um, so this male and female, they're getting it on. God bless. Hey. And um, while they're still mating, the female eats the male's head okay so they're going after it she eats his head which is insane yeah. and honestly i would definitely recommend looking up a video <laughs> i think we said this for everyone yeah. a video of that because it's like super disturbing close up and i like you know i've seen bugs eat bugs you know but it is it is wild looking just seeing the mate and have the female consume this male's head and what's interesting is that the the male has a second brain in their abdomen to keep them mating. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Wait, what? A, a woman's dream. So, like, when when they say, "Are you thinking with your dick?" the the, the praying mantis actually is thinking with its dick, is what I'm hearing. Okay, yes. Good. So it's just it, 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 it's dead, but not dead at the same time. So like, okay, so when the female eats the head, um, and you got second brain kicked in, how long does that last? I don't know. I guess a while, <laughs> enough for the male to inseminate the female, and then I think. I mean, I'm thinking that female's going to um, to. I think like basically, here's what would happen is theoretically. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, specific shutdown, but, you know, obviously that praying mantis can no longer eat or drink water, um, and that front brain kind of controls the Mm decision-making of the praying mantis. It controls all its inhibition. So I think it'd be kind of similar to having a chicken with its head cut off, where it's just kind of going. It's just doing. It's just being. Yeah. So it could be until something else eats it, or it starves, or becomes dehydrated. Okay. That makes sense. 
<laughs> yeah. Second brain, though. Like, holy shit, that's crazy. I, I actually that, did not know that. That's, yeah. that's insane. Right? I know. I think that's a really... Yeah, like, I've, I've known that Praying Vanis fact, I don't know, like, forever, but... Yeah. Hearing how how exactly they do it, I thought it was really interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you got for me? What I got for you. I got I got the California condor, one of my all time favorites. Oh yeah, like you animals. love California condors. I love California condors, and you know one of the cool things about California condors, you know, we talked about how um, hippos are polyamorous, and you know, yeah. you, we talk a lot about polyamorous species, but California condors not. Love that. This is for life. Yeah. Um, which is about, you know, like we're talking like 30 years of being with the same, yeah. um, animal because yeah. California condor, um, their lifespan is about 60 years. They're an old bird. Yeah. You have know, some really old ones. Um, what's really cool about their mating though, is like these, they are co, they're working together at all times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they'll create the they'll have their mated pair they'll find out doing courtship dances uh during the winter so um and they spend all time together so yeah they're checking out potential nest sites um they see like maybe is there good enough food here so they, they do a lot of stuff together yeah um after i mean it and it takes months to fully court and yeah. to do a full mating pair sure um then they'll, after those months, they'll find their proper nesting site after, like, part of their mating process is also just searching for a right place to have kids. Yeah. To have, to lay eggs. Um, and this is actually kind of one of the issues that's also led to their incredible, um, decline in the United States. Um, so when you're, when these condors are with the same mate year after year, yeah. Um, they don't really actually have a ton of um, eggs. Um, yeah. So one of the things, because they, you know, they find the right spot, they have their eggs. They raise their, uh, they raise their chick um, for about six months. So mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a. That's a long time. And it's a long time, and they can only really have one one young condor every two years. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah. what happens is when the because they mate for life, it actually somewhat hurt their chances of survival. Um, mm-hmm. Because if it was a polyamorous thing, you know, you go out, you do what you need to do, you raise a bunch of kids, and then you you know you're gone. Yeah. Um, but with this mating for life thing, that's actually one of the big contributors to um, condor um, population decline, which I found very interesting. That like, you know, having a mate for life and raising raising chicks for and learn and actually like teaching them to fly and do stuff like that uh hurts you so that's all that's you know take whatever lesson you want from that yeah (laughs) fascinating fascinating but yeah california condor just 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 love that bird great bird cool bird truly truly Mm -hmm. cool what you got all right well i believe this is my last one and i i did try and save the most fascinating ones for last um mm-hmm. anglerfish really cool fish yeah um so the females are about can range from one to three feet usually they're about around a foot large yeah um and uh the the males being uh being a sexually dimorphic species are just about one to seven inches long okay and so the females, they go around, they got their little light, doing their little disco ball thing. Oh, yeah. 
and um, ooh, big stretch um, to attract males. And so when once a male and a female love each other very much, um, the male will actually fuse its body to the female with its sexual reproductive organs. And uh, that they become fused to that female for the rest of their lives. So Are they're they alive. Yeah. Okay. So they'll just like become part of like this bigger organism. Exactly. So yeah, oh. their tissue fuses together, and all their nutrients comes in through that female. Hmm. Um, the females can fuse with more than one male, and. Um, that's just their that's their lives together. So it's kind of crazy. Crazy. How the hell image. does something evolve like that? I'm just like right? it, it, the the sea is just terrifying at this point. <laughs> like it, it's like almost like a little bit incomprehensible that they're just like all right. Although I do find it funny the idea that like the anglerfish male is like all right, I got I got one, got one, and then all of a sudden this guy moves in next door to you. Yeah, because he's like, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, oh, wait, you know, just you're with money. her too? <laughs> oh. Well, one of us is going to have to change. She's like, oh, I'm already fused to her entire cellular Well, maybe system. it's just another free love situation and they, they celebrate it and hold no possessiveness. Uh-huh. But that, okay, so that's just, yeah, if fish are the weirdest animals on they, the planet, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because, like, how does something evolve to just have bioluminescence? Like, that's right. crazy. Anglerfish, like, how they figure they're out. Put a little dangly bit in front of their face. Yeah. It doesn't seem real. Bioluminescence is wild. Even fireflies blow my mind. Yeah. Or like the plankton that just like create the ocean to be blue. Sure. What is that? Like why do why does this exist? Why? We'll have to do a bioluminescence episode. Yeah, cool. that's true. We should. We will. Yeah, but ang- anglerfish, I always remember them from Finding Nemo being like the scariest animal. Yeah, they're pretty spooky looking. Yeah. All right, well, this is my last animal. All right. And we're going to talk, talk one we've all seen. I hope everyone's seen. Sure. And it's the mallard. Sure. I love mallards. love ducks. It's my last yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, I love the color, the purple, the green on the males. Oh. It's just... A few weeks ago, uh, my employer, mm-hmm. when it was, it was during that cold snap. So he, yeah. uh, he grabbed a trash bag, went outside filled up the trash bag with six frozen dead mallards that he shot hmm. and then gave them to my friend and because he was going to make a duck prosciutto Ooh. and it was just like a hmm. interesting huh. that's interesting well mallard males are kind of interesting we all yeah. um children hide your ears unless you're wanting to hear some real risque <laughs> stuff today about duck mating i yeah give it give it to me because, you know, I figured we got to talk a little bit about the genitalia of animals. Just, just sure. something we got to do. Yeah. We all, we're all adults. We all got to be mature. Except for those kids who are listening, life. which, again, plug your ears, please. Yeah. Please. So, mallard pairs generally, generally are monogamous. You know, stick with one yeah. person. But yeah. males pursue females. Females don't really do this. It's just a male thing. Yeah. Um... To create these things called so-called uh, extra pair copulations. Okay. Um, it's really common in a lot of bird species. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually very consensual most of the time. 
Mallards are the mallards are the one exception. They are not a consensual bird. Oh. <laughs> These birds, um, which has then created some genetic uh, genetic traits in female and male genitalia. That's pretty yeah. insane. Um, yeah. In order to inseminate, obviously, you have to get the sperm to the right place. Yeah. Because mallard males um, do forced copulation quite a bit, and obviously the females are trying to not do that because they want to keep with the one bloodline and everything like that, Mm -hmm. um, they have developed their uh, cloaca is a corkscrew shape. Or it's Mm -hmm. not corkscrew shape, but it's it's like, it's it's a spiral, basically. Right. Because you can't, you know, you can't put a nail in a screw hole. Like, it doesn't work. Trust me. I tried. Yeah. However... Duck males, mallards, have uh, evolved alongside that. Sure. So they now have corkscrew penises. Yeah. In order to get through the twisting and winding cloaca cavities. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, mallard penises right now, and it's. Yeah. It's weird. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. Dogs had weird penises. Yeah, the the red rocket doesn't compare to the. the I can't. I'm done. <laughs> copulation, copulation corkscrew. The copulation corkscrew. No, it does not. No. Um, yeah, because um, the thing is, is that the females are the only ones who take care of the eggs. Males sure. do not. Um, and so that's why they're able to do that. They just kind of, they, they pull the old, I uh, right, I'm bored. I'm going to go find a new mate. Um, but the females really don't want that. And I just thought that was like a really interesting thing that like a duck that we've all seen at one point in our lives <clears throat> sure. and been like, oh, that's cool ducks. It's yeah, just like, I get so happy I see, when I see a mallard. It's like, ooh, yeah. mallard. Yeah, it's cool because then you're like, oh, I identified a bird off its like colors. Like, hey, look at me. Professional bird. Yeah. But little do we know, they are a ser- serial um, forced copulation people. <laughs> Not people, ducks, birds. Non-consensual <laughs> either, which is just, you know, it's a weird thought to have. Yeah, not cool. But not cool ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that's one of the more. I think that's one of the interesting, like, common animals we see has just a weird, like, mating ritual slash. Also, just it ended up evolving to have weird genitalia on both animals or both uh, yeah. sexes of the animals. Yeah, yeah. Goofy. It's goofy again. Like, we think that's goofy, but then, like, trying to text and flirt and stuff. <laughs> Have you been on Tinder before? Yeah, that is it. goofy. It's goofy. Fa- Facebook dating's a thing? You ever see that? Oh I know, right? I've seen like, it. I've, I've never tried. I, oh, yeah. I can't. I, that's too intense. Hinge, Bumble. I mean, I mean it's just... How many of these things Oh, Bumble. What a... Yeah, wild place. The computer's mating for us. Yeah. So, um, you know, just don't think we're that weird, because, you know, we're weird. Everything's weird out there. Just a, it's just all a matter of perspective. Yeah. 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 But we hope you've been listening to this on Valentine's Day. Maybe get you yeah. in that loving mood. Cupid's arrows hit you while listening to this podcast. <clears throat> and you know, I've been Tommy. Got anything for us at the end here? Um. No. I hope everybody has a wonderful valentine's day whether you're with that special someone or just loving yourself that day hey just a lot of love let's just have a lot of love for anything just a lot of love you know it's a commercialized holiday but it does tend to make everybody feel a certain kind of way 
Yeah, and if not, grab a box of chocolates, have some fun for yourself, go on a nice walk, <laughs> yeah. do something. Do something. Do something. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy someone else's company if you, if you have that. Get together yeah. with some friends, maybe. Hey, love comes love in all shapes and sizes. Literally. So, well, I've been Boots. I've been Tom. And we'll catch you next time on Made for Walking. Sounds good. Bye, everyone. Bye. I think so.